Hello, I'm Evelyn Santoro, and thank you for joining us on Talking Independence. Joining me today is Ruth McGowan. As a former mayor, campaign coordinator, and author of Get Elected, Ruth understands the power of positive politics. In fact, she's an advocate for women in politics in particular. Ruth, I am so excited that you're here today and uh, that we're able to talk to you. Thanks, Evelyn, and thanks for the opportunity to chat about all the wonderful topics that we've got in store for us today. From studying science and agriculture to working in state and local governments, I'd love to chat a bit about you and your background and experiences and how they've shaped your path. I grew up in a large family in country Victoria and, you know, my mother had 14 kids, so obviously we're a big Catholic family and that gave us a strong sense of social justice and when we saw things that weren't fair, mum would say, well, stop complaining about it, see if you can fix it. And I guess that's been a theme for me, rather than waiting for a Calvary to come over the hill <laughs> to fix things that, uh, particularly with gender equality, which is not fair, uh, women still have a long way to go in this country to have the same opportunities and equal rights as men. That's something that I have, uh, when I've seen things wrong, I've tried to fix it, whether it's, you know, women in agriculture having a voice, women being underrepresented in the Australian honours at the highest levels and co-founding the Honour Woman Movement, uh, being involved in women in agriculture gatherings way back 30 years ago and also co-founding an organisation called More Women for Local Government across Australia. So getting involved rather than complaining, I think, has been a bit of the ethos. So being practical. Yeah, being practical, not whinging, but also increasingly learning that it's the systems that are broken, not people. And where there is uh, unfairness and inequity, it, it you don't get anywhere by saying, well, they've got to do better, the person should do better or whatever. It's actually the system that's broken. And one or two people can make a difference, but when you get a movement fixing a system, that's where you get real change. And you would know that with the Republican movement, that's where real change, the voice, uh, women in politics. When people move together and, and the, the independence in federal parliament, when their movements get a run on them, there's no stopping that momentum. That kind of leads into this question of what does it mean to be a change activist? I think at the heart it means being a shit stirrer, Evelyn. <laughs> <laughs> and just not accepting things as they are but asking how can it be and how can we make the change? And I think it was JFK who's accredited with this quote that uh, it's amazing what can happen when no single person takes the credit. So it's movements. If I'm very wary when there's single activists because that doesn't sustain momentum. So it's a movement and it's very powerful when you can't even point to, well, who's the head of that movement, you know, because then it's all tied with that person and when they leave and if there isn't adequate succession, then the movement dies. So the movement is like feminism is a movement, anti-racism, the voice, they're movements that don't have a single head it's a movement of people that have been active for change. And that's what gives me goosebumps when you see a real movement that's, that's driving change and fairness and equity. 
yeah that sense of community coming together to drive that change yeah 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 and not putting up with not putting up with how it is but that you know increasingly it's also the intersectionality angle and it's not just right white rich privileged australians we need the movement to involve all of us and to make sure it's fair and equitable across all different demographics age um, race culture you know people's different abilities different gender identities all of that I know you've worked and you encourage women um, to get into politics. In your opinion, do women shy away from politics or are we disengaged as in general? Uh, to the contrary. I mean, there's capital P politics, which is, you know, public office, and then there's organisational politics. And women, I reckon, have a sixth sense about organisational politics and political savvy. So you look at the matriarchs of any family, they know politics don't they? And and they know how to organise things. When it comes to capital P politics, to the contrary, I'm finding a lot of women are interested in politics because they've had a gut feel and they want to change it. That's good. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a collaborative partner with a national organisation called Women for Election and every month we run webinars called Equip that train women to run for office and we've been doing that together for a number of years, I, I, I partnered with the CEO of Women for Election, Lithia Heath, and together we've trained more than 3,000 women to wow. understand what it takes to run a campaign at local, state or federal. And a lot of times our workshops are sold out. So there is a, there's a momentum, particularly local governments. It's really yes. increased and uh, state and federal, you would have seen over the last 10 years, there's been a huge increase particularly for some parties and like independents of women mm -hmm. need to stand and getting elected. Uh, the public has an appetite for women candidates more than men. And that's not strange. They want women to get elected. When women stand, they're more likely to get elected. And there is there is a narrative out there, oh, it's so yucky, you've got to have a thick skin. But a lot of women aren't buying that. They're going, well, the only way to get in there is to change it. That's heartening to hear that people are looking forward to more women getting involved in politics and standing for office at the different levels. I guess we've always had this perception that women were shying away from politics or perhaps politics isn't friendly. Uh, it's not a flexible family friendly since most women are carers, whether that be carers for children or for parents or whoever. Um, so that's a, that's a great turnaround, I suppose. Well, that's that's changing. Um, but mm -hmm. what you're doing is politics. Yes. Uh, well, yes, that's right. So this it is. So, <laughs> so is. let's reframe it because politics is everywhere. And if we think it's that house on the hill that's toxic where you get attacked, mm -hmm. we're never going to want to be part of that. But if right. we think it's activism and change for the better, of yes. course, who doesn't want to be part of that? Absolutely. And you are. You're, you're political. You're a political animal. And yes. many of the listeners <laughs> listening to this are too. Yes, that's true. Look, you've written this book, Get Elected, and it was fantastic because it's a step-by-step -step guide to win office at any level in Australia, local, state and federal. Um, mm. But, in fact, it's a free e-book that, uh, that you've developed for people. Well, it's interesting. Um, I wrote it in 2018, and the year before I'd I've done this amazing leadership program called Pathways to Politics, which is available around Australia through different universities. And 
there wasn't actually a manual on it was a great program it talked about the philosophy that we had amazing speakers present and past um, female MPs but there wasn't a manual and I'm very practical having that science background uh, and I thought well I'm going to write that and I'd also been involved with my sister Kathy McGowan who was the one of the first so-called Teals elected in 2013 and 2016. I'd helped out on her campaign and yep. I'd seen how the grassroots campaign to get women into office actually needed more guidance because obviously you're not with a party when you're with an independent. So I thought if I wrote that book, it would help more women and non-binary folk to understand the basics. Now, Politics 101 are running a campaign of how to get elected. And, uh, you know, again, I wanted to be part of the change that I wanted to see, which was more diversity in politics. And I self-published that book and it was available, recommended retail price of 30 bucks plus postage for four years. And I sold probably about as an e-book and hard copy about 5,000 copies. And then in the lead up to the federal election last year, I thought, well, dang, I want more women elected. I'm going to make this free. And it's available as a free PDF on my website ruthmcgowan.com. It's it's a wonderful book. I downloaded it and Thanks. had um, a read of it and it, it was just so practical. It's like this is a, a very clear step-by-step -step guide on how to get yourself organized and out there. If people want to go and have a look at that and download it, that's, um, it's a really great resource and we'll probably mention that again at, at the end of the episode. Mm. Um, even though this podcast focuses on republicanism in Australia, we often discuss many issues. What would you say are the issues women really need to be focusing on and where is our input and influence absent? Wow. Well, mm. we've, still got, we've still got a woman dying a week for domestic violence. We've still got a huge gender pay gap of around 15%. Uh, we've still got women over 55 other highest rate of homelessness. We've still got that superannuation gap. We've got we've got so many issues. So I think um you know and, and some of these affect men too. Like we've got internalized patriarchy where we also have women that go, oh that's not a problem or we should elect people on merit. Um blah 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 and I and and I want to hold the mirror up and go, what check your privilege. Um, and, you know, whether it's internalised colonisation as well, which is part of the Republic debate. I don't know if you had people to talk about that, but when you think, oh, yeah, let's keep the king, you know, that to me that's internalising colonisation. Mm -hmm. And what what I've been doing and I've been encouraged by um, First Nations women I know is actually work on getting myself educated for instance, around the discussions around the voice and trying, aiming to read a book by a First Nations writer every fortnight. So I've got to stack that big and doing the work myself and not relying on First Nations people to educate us whiteies. Like it's our job to do that. And so if I was going to pick something particularly in 2023, that's women, men, uh, non-binary people do the work that if you're whiteies do the work to educate yourself about the voice you know when I hear people going oh there's not enough information I said well what are you doing about finding the information from the diverse voices of First Nation people so you can 
understand it better. It's interesting that point on um, women supporting this uh, based on merit. So, oh, well, if they give the job to the best person available, could we unpack that a little bit? What does that mean? Because are we even allowing opportunities for everybody to be ready and to apply for the, those positions and things like that so that people can actually feel that there is an equitable equitable opportunity, not equitable outcomes per se, but say equitable, equitable opportunity so that then you can say, well, well, now we've got the right person for the job and perhaps more often than not that will be a woman or somebody of diverse background or somebody that isn't the traditional mainstream person that we've always seen. Mm, it's interesting. There's a great book by Catherine Fox called Stop Fixing Women. Mm -hmm. And I heard her speak once and she said, merit is defined as mates elevated regardless of in intelligence and talent, right? Merit. So when you look at something which I did with um, two other women about five years ago, we looked at the Australian honours and 75% were going to men in this country. And uh, with Elizabeth Hartnell Young and Carol Kunin, we co-founded Honour a Woman because we said, that's not good enough. Merit, if you accept that women are just as good as men, merit should be equally distributed. So we started this movement to um, change how the merits were assessed and to argue with the Governor-General and, and different premiers that you actually need systems and processes that go out and find these outstanding women and nominate them because forget being humble, uh, let's nominate these women because it's all got to be confidential as well. So someone has to do the work to nominate someone. Back to this thing about diversity in politics, um, because a lot of people think leader, they think man, like it's this unconscious bias. So changing that paradigm around what a politician is and what a leader is, we've still only ever had one female prime minister, is a challenge. There's another fantastic organisation called Politics in Colour run by a woman called Kat Henaway, Torres Strait Islander woman, who runs specific training sessions for people of colour, First Nation and people from culturally and racially marginalised groups. And that is doing a fantastic job, that program of helping women be resourced to think about standing for politics. So I go back to the evidence. If something's skewed one way or the other, then that's a system failure that can be unpacked and addressed, but it takes a strategic intent to design systems around equity to give you the outcome of equality. Yes, yes, absolutely. When Australia becomes an independent republic, do you think that will be viewed as a victory for women, like particularly since it seems that the heirs to the throne will be all male for at least another 80 years? We have, well, we have uh, King Charles and then William and then his son George. So will a system where we're able to elect the Australian head of state be a victory for Australian women, would you say? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> It'd be a victory for all Australians. But what I'd love to see is uh, when we do become a republic, and I firmly believe it's going to happen sooner rather than later, is that we have a female prime minister and a female governor general Mm -hmm. and hopefully reflecting the fact that at least more than 50% of Australians um, are born overseas or have a parent born overseas, that either one of our Prime Ministers or Governor-General or both are women 
mm-hmm. women, women of color, women of, you know, uh, queer women, women with disabilities. I mean, that that's when I start to see the victory for the Australian people. Yeah, when our heads of state represent the diversity of our country, men, women, non-binary, people with disabilities, LGBTIQA plus people of colour, that's mm-hmm. what I'd see as a victory for Australia, not some white privileged bloke who lives in the UK. So looking ahead, what do you believe Australian women can aspire to in the future? With, with our brothers and our sisters, uh, our aunties, our uncles, our nieces and nephews, our mums and dads, I would like to think that we can aspire, all of us, to a country that's fairer, to a country that looks out for others that may not be uh, so well off, so privileged, but also that rather than focusing on the individuals, that we focus on the systems that deliver equality mm-hmm. and that we all get to play a part with that. Like, yeah, if we if we stop saying, oh, just, you can just pull yourself up by your brute bootstraps that we look at things like a fair minimum wage that's the difference between focusing on an individual and blaming them for their circumstances compared to looking at the systems so how do we make things like childcare tax deductible for goodness sake most women go to paid employment and they use if they've got young kids or care responsibilities they put a kid in childcare. yeah why is that not tax deductible Mm. when if you're a worker in manufacturing you can get your uniform dry cleaned and that's tax mm-hmm. deductible like what the heck come on mm. so they're the little things i would like to see us um aspiring to systems that make australia fair for all of us that's wonderful i i i love listening to you ruth thank you for joining us and um can you please let the listeners know again where they can download a copy of get elected just search ruthmcgowan.com mm-hmm. and my book, Get Elected, is available as a free resource. You just have to put in your email and then it'll open up in another tab and there's the book as a PDF. It is. So it's enjoy really... it and read it. It's written for she, her pronouns. Um, interestingly, as many men as downloaded as women, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we've still got, we, we still are not at parity in federal parliament. We are in the Senate but not in the House of Reps. And we're a parity in ACT, Tasmania and the Victorian Upper House in terms of state and federal levels. But, you know, we've still got a way to go till our elected politicians represent the diversity of our citizenship. So if you're thinking about politics, please read Get Elected and then either run as an independent or join a party and get yourself elected and get in there at that decision-making table and uh, push for a republic, please. Excellent. Thank you so much. What a great episode. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Listeners, to find out more, you can visit the ARM website on republic.org.au and thank you for being part of the conversation. Thanks again, Ruth. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening.